and welcome to episode 42 of Retro Game Time Machine Podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Pilot Wing 64 for the Nintendo 64 and going back to the year 1996. At the time of recording, it is February the 24th, 2022. I am Ashton Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. And how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? Oh, yeah, I'm good. It's um, It definitely feels like it's getting towards the end of the week, even though it's... Um, this, week, this was a short week for me because of a national holiday. Oh, yeah, the holiday on Monday. Yep. And... Um, but I, I definitely feel tired. <laughs> so very, very tired. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I've been doing all the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Been, been streaming in the mornings. Um, been on, been on a few hikes. Went on a hike today. Uh, did one over this past weekend. Um, oh, no, actually, I guess it was the day before my birthday. Um, Got to see my parents. Went and had some. Went and had a meal with them. A brunch. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just playing video games. What else? What else you get? What, what else have you had going on? <laughs> um, well, let's see. It's it's kind of the um, the same old thing. I mean, we've we've got a different weather pattern go this week. Uh, last week it yes, um, frost warning tonight. Yeah. So last week is what I've uh, heard described as full spring where oh, yes. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, definitely in the seventies in, in February. And now this week we're uh, dropping down. We've got a low of what, like, uh, I think, I think I saw we, we had 30 last night was our low. I, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be like 34 or something here, but I've, I need to actually like figure out if I need to bring my plant inside. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. You, usually if there's an overhang or covering, you're okay, but. Oh, okay, um, great. I'll leave it yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, um, cause the dew falls at dew point and if it doesn't get wet, then it won't freeze over. <laughs> so, oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Some people use umbrellas, but, um, yeah, and but uh, it's been kind of nice. Played some basketball today, and that was that was nice. Um, my my leg, I'm already feeling stiff and sore, and generally old. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, it's okay. I, that's that's my joke. That when I'm really sore, I'm just like I feel old. <laughs> Man, if you're old, I don't know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's okay. Getting old's not <laughs> not all all bad, but um, <laughs> no, there's there's good parts to it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, somebody yeah, convinced sure. me. Not a ton, <laughs> but uh, I I have been playing some more games. We're gonna talk about that later. So like, yeah. I'm just really really appreciating my weekends at home right now. Nice. <laughs> just just kind of like not leaving the house, playing some games, working on projects. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing some work to our bathroom in a little bit. Been looking at new mirrors and light fixtures and shower mm-hmm. curtains and all all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Ever now that now that we got the you know I think I mentioned this the last episode. Now that we got that new TV mounted in the living room, did a little bit of touch up paint out there. Now we're like, okay, now what else? Um. So yeah, it'd be nice getting some stuff done around the house. You know what's funny about bathroom mirrors? Uh, assuming you're not dealing with a medicine cabinet, um, no. you can. I've learned that you can use any mirror you want oh, yeah. in the bathroom. Yep. So we have a framed mirror in our bathroom. So that's. <laughs> I yeah. think it's just kind of funny. 
Yeah. Doesn't doesn't need to say bathroom on it. No, it doesn't. I always thought that just, you just don't a use special. a funhouse mirror. <laughs> I mean, that's not can, very useful. But <laughs> yeah, you might it might not help. Yeah. Well, anything else uh, been going on? Actually, actually, sorry. There's one other thing before I have like some brief announcements of things. I yeah. just last night watched the movie Free Guy. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, the I, Ryan I, Reynolds movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, um, no I, unfortunately, I haven't heard good things. What did you think? Really? Yeah. I thought it was super fun. Okay. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I went in with, you know, all video game movies are bad. I went in, I went in with that expectation. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally blew away my expectations for the movie. Okay. Um, but also, I go into a lot of movies expecting nothing from them. So then when there's something, I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, 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 kinda I, I thought it was really fun. Uh, someone was telling me, probably a friend of the show, uh, um, I think it was uh, Tony, the creator. He uh, confidently said, I walked out of that theater. Um, really? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, which I'm, I'm just surprised uh, because it, it didn't look like it was going to be that kind of bad movie. But Oh, man. Um, I, was, I was entertained. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, there's only one movie I've ever walked out of, and that was The Happening. That was with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Wait, was he in that? That I'm not. I thought that was an M Night Shyamalan movie. Um. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I thought Is it was it? Tom Cruise. Well, so I saw that movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. I stayed for the whole thing, but I did make the joke when I was leaving with my date at the time. The only <laughs> thing that's happening with this movie is they stole my money to pay for these tickets because this movie was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Tom Cruise wasn't in it. I'm thinking of Mark Wahlberg. So ah, uh, yes. I I don't Mark know how Mark. you get those confused, but ah, <laughs> uh, they're they're probably around the same height. Yeah, same build. Yeah, that's that's true. That a- anyway, yeah. So I, I did walk out of the movie. Yeah, but also I walked out to to. I walked out to go see um, the I think the the Hulk with Edward Norton. Um, that Hulk movie that I basically left that movie to watch that movie. And that was a great movie. I had a lot of fun watching that one. So it was kind of like there was a, um, greener, uh, grass on the other side. So <laughs> greener when you saw the yeah. Hulk. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the simplest things amuse me. Um, all right. Well, I guess before we go to the news, I just wanted to remind folks out there, just in case you didn't see it, because I realized nothing was said ahead of time. I just kind of put this this other episode in the podcast feed uh, that was an interview with Jeffrey Carroll from the Back Bedroom Podcast and had a lot of fun talking with him. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, consider it. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, it was, it was great talking to him. You should also uh, check out the Back Bedroom Podcast. Um, I did listen to that actually myself and that was, that was quite fun. It was kind of a interesting moment. It's like, this is my podcast, but I'm not on it. (laughs) (laughs) But so I, I definitely genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking liberties with all the, the free time that I have, uh, quote unquote free time, um, (laughs) right now. And, uh, I've been, been lucky enough to get a couple, a couple others scheduled, um, one has already been recorded, so look out for that the week after this podcast hits. And then I'm actually going to be uh, recording something ag- uh, again with somebody tomorrow that I don't even know if I've told you about it. But it's oh, somebody, okay. it's somebody that um, 
uh, at least if, if folks have a good memory, I think I've said this person's name before, but I'm not going to say it right now, but I will say that he's the person who inspired me to do, um, like fundraising while streaming. Oh, so anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, hopefully taking about an hour or so and chatting with him tomorrow. So yeah, that'll, that'll be a thing as well. So, um, let, let us know if you, if you guys like these interview episodes, I'd also like to get, uh, an interview done with old Mr. The Android here. Um, I think that <laughs> yeah. would, that would also be a really fun episode. And I've also mentioned to him, there's, there's somebody I think would be really fun for both of us to interview that we also both know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to see if, if they're interested in doing so. Um, and if we can, if we can get that to work, I think that'd be awesome. Oh, and the video uh, interviews are on YouTube. Yes. So um, there is a video version of the interview that I did with Jeffrey Carroll from the Backbender podcast. There is also going to be a video version of the next one that's going up the you know the week after this one drops. Um, so yeah, there's actually stuff to look at on YouTube. You can you can put put faces in your eyes. <laughs> Um, along <laughs> Not just with the uh, words voices through, in yeah, their ears, <laughs> exactly. Faces, faces in your eyes, all of that. Um, so yeah, check them out. You know, subscribe on YouTube, give some thumbs up, like some things. Heck, even even dislike things if you don't like it. We got a few dislikes on one of the YouTube shorts that I put out. I was proud of those dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody actually had to watch this. <laughs> somebody had to watch it to give me that feed i don't know what it is they disliked about it that would have been more helpful but at least i know what somebody thinks so um if you agree with them feel free go dislike it but if you like it you know uh, out out or offset those dislikes (laughs) give give them you know give give uh, a few more likes and um yeah and uh, I guess while I'm saying to do that stuff, you know what? I'm just going to go for it and say, hey, why don't you share <laughs> why don't you share episodes of the podcast on your social media feeds? Tell people, hey, you should listen to the Retro Game Time Machine because they're, they're fun guys. I don't know if we are, but I'd like to think we are. <laughs> okay. Not mushrooms. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of fun guy. Um, anyway. All right. All right. You got anything else to say or should we go to the news? Uh, let's go to the news. Okay. Uh, first thing on the docket, Sony finally reveals the PlayStation VR 2's design. And it looks looks pretty nifty. It looks pretty similar to designs of, uh, like, the Oculus, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and, I think we've seen the controllers before, but I I do like the idea of the controllers. They look like something that's much more accurate than the, you know, sort of PlayStation move controllers that we've seen before that were actually from last generation (laughs) that before the PlayStation four. Yeah. They were PS three controllers. They're like, you know what? We have a, we have a few warehouses full of those that we couldn't sell. Why don't we make those the controllers for PSVR and see what happens? Yeah. Sort of, uh, hacked together there, but, I'm going to be really interested. Well, speaking on the headset. Yeah. Um, so I understand that it's going to have some sort of active cooling inside of the um, eye oh, sockets. Nice. Um, 
and or this might also be rumors but i've also uh, heard another stress point was adjustment of the headset itself similar to like how you have the index how you can move the lenses closer further away that's a really nice feature of the index yeah, so it, it definitely looks like they're catching up here, but I would I'm really interested to see how this thing's going to do because I think as a PlayStation VR owner, original PlayStation VR, I I would be at least a little put off by like sort of the drop of support, you know. Um yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. I just don't know how they're going to sort of reestablish or recapture an audience, especially considering, you know, there's only so many PlayStation 5s out there right now, too. <laughs> you know, on one hand, I kind of think Sony maybe doesn't care about the original set of PSVR adopters, those early adopters. <laughs> so they're like, well, now there's the PS5 that can actually push something because it's saying it's got, you know, eye tracking 4K HDR, 90 and 120 hertz frame rates. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, sorry, guys. I mean, you know, we put out new consoles and we put out new stuff. I mean, that's that, that, and that's me just completely making assumptions that they're like, yeah. whatever. Like the PS5 is so hot. And the fact that, like, I don't know, I wonder, I, I think it would be a really smart move for Sony to actually try to snap up, I mean, not snap up, but I mean, get, See if they can get Half Life Alex over on the PS5. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel I like that would also be good feeling. for Valve too. Honestly, yeah, because yeah, I definitely have a feeling that it's coming. But um, like the more people yeah. that can play that game, like it should just happen. In my opinion, <laughs> I feel like I mean, because I I don't know. I feel like the VR market's already small enough. And I know I've already said that probably like anytime we ever talk about VR, but I hate that things are locked to different platforms, at least like with PC and Steam VR, you're not stuck using only the index. You can use an Oculus, you can use an HTC Vive, you can use a Windows Mixed Reality headset from Hewlett Packard or something like, is, mm-hmm. is wait, is Hewlett Packard even still a company? HP. Oh, oh it yeah. Is. HP. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. HP. Yep. Oh my God. I'm being grandpa over here going to Hewlett, <laughs> Hewlett Packard. Um, anyway. <laughs> my, wait, it's okay. My, my dad asked if, uh, once asked if a uh, combination pizza still exists. So, <laughs> oh, I'm like, wait, I'm like, what's, is that a, is that a different name for like pizza hut? No, you're talking about a combo pizza. I see. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Well, they didn't stop putting vegetables and meat on a pizza. <laughs> so anyway. No, but they probably got all fancy names for him now. I yeah, just want a combo pizza, sir. We don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We have the veggie supreme with meat lovers. I don't know. Never mind. I'm bad at improv. <laughs> um Anyway, I ultimately in the end I think it's it's exciting that PSVR2 is finally coming. I'm yeah. excited that it's going to be on something as powerful as the PS5. Mm-hmm. And I just I really just hope that it, in, it that it helps to increase VR adoption that isn't Oculus. The only reason I say <laughs> that is I just don't like Facebook. <laughs> yeah, oh you mean Meta. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean all of it. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I, I totally know what you mean. I mean, you know, we're both invested in valve and index, so I <laughs> do want that to go forward, but they do have a heck of a value proposition. The fact that they have a self-contained headset uh, and a popular one at that. Right. I know I, it's, it's not bad tech at all. It's really, no. it's, it's impressive tech. It's good yeah. tech. I just don't like the company that it's attached to is all. Yeah. It's just a shame because it is really good tech. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Yeah. I think it's all I got on PSVR too. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, we can move on. All right. Well, you're the one who broke this next bit of news to me. And I was like, what? What's happening? Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry because I, I know you had like a, a great day planned and everything like that. And I said, oh, by the way, the 3DS uh, and Wii U eShop basically will be closing and Nintendo has no plans to offer uh, classic content in other ways. <laughs> yeah. And that particular line is what was originally in the FAQ when this first posted and they removed that from their FAQ or, or I don't know, or ended up removing the FAQ altogether, but yeah, yeah removed the no plans to offer classic content in other ways. That was like, oh, that's a little too honest. We have to remove that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a second. This is yeah. pissing people off. We should put <laughs> this down. <laughs> exactly. So I I got this kind of wrong at first, but I believe what, what it looks like is as of um, May 23rd this year, um, you will no longer be able to add funds to a Nintendo account. So you, uh, I've heard that you can use eShop cards. Um, to do something like that, but yeah, so you, yeah can, you can't use a credit card for it for that date. Yes, but any existing content or uh, credit that you have, um, or eShop cards, you can use until um, late March of 2023. So, yeah, it's, you, there's still some time to go spend some money on these things. But um, the question is: is are you going to be able to re-download your purchases at that point? And I'm thinking probably not. Uh, I'm thinking that Nintendo's just gonna like shut the door and be like, yeah. "Sorry," and then burn the building down. Yeah, You're like you guys. <laughs> it's like you guys can't come back ever again. It does. It literally doesn't exist. We've destroyed the shop. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in a little bit of a pickle too, because, um, now I I've wanted to sort of download my purchases. And when I moved from my original 3ds to my new 3ds, my new 3ds came with a four gigabyte card. So I couldn't even migrate all my purchases over, (laughs) um, because there just wasn't enough space. So basically I had to do like, okay, bare bones, migrate my saves, um, I'll download my games later. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I've, I've purchased a new SD card so I can download my existing purchases and kind of get everything on my console uh, so that I can continue using it. Yeah, that actually just, that reminds me that I just realized I don't have all of my digital purchases on my Wii U because yep. I don't have enough internal storage space for them. And there's a few, there's a few like Wii digital versions of games that I got, like the the Metroid Prime Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have Game and Wario, and I know I have other digital stuff that I just don't have room for on my system. So I'm like, crap! Now I have to, 
need to I also need to get some SD cards, I guess. Or I guess an extra or maybe just an external hard drive. I don't know. I can't remember if I, if I can use an SD card for the Wii U for storage. Yes. Yeah, yeah you, I believe you can. Um, just there are a couple things that I found in my research and definitely double check this. Don't take my word for it. But from what I read that the SD um, XC like fast yeah. um, transfer are, are basically not compatible oh, no. with the Wii U and 3DS. Now, I don't know if that means it just won't work as far as faster speeds, but it still works as a normal SD card. Oh, so but anyway, don't waste your money on that part. And then yeah. the other thing that I read is that the Wii U supports up to 32 gigabytes on an SD card. So 64 oh. and 128 will not do it. So I don't know. Then I don't know if maybe you... I'm going to have to just get an external drive to put stuff on. Yeah, potentially Man. with USB. So yeah, yeah I know. Nintendo. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a pickle. Really and honestly, mellow Nintendo. Th- things like this, I'm actually, and other reasons, I'm actually switching back to physical media for things like Switch and See, because yeah, that like Nintendo is still like their practices with digital content is why I still buy physical. Yeah, because the Wii shop went away, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I really like I don't know, and all all of their digital sales practices like on the 3ds suck and if you get a new machine and you want to transfer stuff over if you don't have access to the original one to transfer everything you have to like go through nintendo customer support or at least you did i don't know yeah i didn't even think that was a thing i thought it was just like too bad (laughs) yeah like i I really don't like that they lock purchases to hardware and not well i mean i guess they fixed that with the switch where it's not there the purchase isn't locked to the piece of hardware it is locked to the account finally with the switch they caught up Yes. But still, it, I still don't fully trust it. Like, I, I don't trust it the same way that I trust with Sony or with Microsoft that if I buy a digital copy of the game, that I'm going to be able to still access that 10 years from now. Yeah. So. Yeah, agreed. Anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there, but, you know, kind of. I wouldn't, I wouldn't delay on this stuff. I would just, you know, make sure you get your digital purchases. Even if you're like, I'm done with the 3DS. I don't want to play it anymore. Just get, download your stuff before it's too late. Yeah. (laughs) At least, at least download what you've already purchased. Um, Mm -hmm. but this, I'd say overall, this is a big lose for like the, the, the preservation of games, Um, Because I feel like Nintendo actively goes out of their way to be like, no, video game (laughs) preservation is bad. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, they 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 actively fight against the preservation of their own stuff, which is it just blows my mind. Boo. 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 (laughs) Um, Speaking of the 3DS and uh, Wii U eShop closing. Um, I did see this great article on Kotaku uh, that is 15 great Nintendo 3DS 3DS eShop exclusives that we are about to lose. So if you've got a 3DS and you don't want to lose access to these exclusive digital games, um, then I'd say check this out. But uh, a quick, quick rundown of what I'm seeing here is Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies, Pushmo, Crashmo, Stretchmo, Dylan's Rolling Western, Crimson Shroud, 
Uh, Wake DOS, not familiar with that at all. Fluidity, mm-hmm. Spin Cycle, not familiar with this game either. The Dempa Men, they came by wave. This looks ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm kind of, hmm, might have to check that out. Uh, Kokuga, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Oh, that's right. I liked Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Mm. Um, Box Boy, that did very well. And I actually, I think I, I think I have Box Boy. Attack of the Friday Monsters, Link of Picks Color, Gata Protectors. Oh, that looks interesting. Picross uh, E, Mario and Donkey Kong, Minis on the Move. And uh, that, that concludes the list. There are definitely some cool looking games in this. It's funny, they didn't, well, I, I guess it didn't make their list, but uh, Nintendo Badge Arcade. Not that that's even good, necessarily. It's a little it's a little gacha game, a little UFO yeah. catcher game, but still, I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> there was, there, yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you get like badges and stickers that you can sort of customize your, your home screen exactly. with. Exactly. That's, that's how I have a Sega Dreamcast theme and like... <laughs> Wait, no, I probably just bought the theme by itself. <clears throat> but that's how I have different like Nintendo and Sega characters um, yeah. on my folders is uh, Nintendo Badge I, Arcade. I personally haven't played any of these games except for Pacross E um, because I, I think I doubt they were like free for a time being. But I mean, I've always wanted to play uh, Mario um, versus Donkey Kong minis on the move. And um I was watching a video of modern vintage gamer talking about games that he personally will miss. And he said, Pushmo is a game that everybody should play full stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have Pushmo Dylan's rolling Western and Oh yeah. Rusty's real deal baseball and box boy. Hmm. Um, I might've even picked up attack of the Friday monsters. That seems so, so familiar to me. Yeah, there's there's definitely some good stuff in here and some some very unique looking stuff. And also, um, I have never played a Picross game, but oh. I have I have heard great things about Picross. Oh man, uh, if, if, I, if there was a way that I knew that you could play it on DS, we would play Picross D- DS as one <laughs> <an> episode. <laughs> that's a whoo, that's a, a wild ride. Well, everyone. Go go get your go get your 3ds games while you still can. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Anyway, um, so uh, next up we've got here uh, Bethesda's launcher is actually going away, but you'll be able to migrate your games uh, over into Steam for free. I think this is really interesting because I'm really surprised that that they are not migrating to Microsoft Store specifically. Because Microsoft is trying real hard with PC gamers not to piss them off. They're like, "Come on, <laughs> guys! A, a good thing you can you can play all of you can play our stuff over in Steam. That's cool. That's totally cool, guys. But you also <laughs> should check out Game Pass. But okay, fine. Yeah. You don't want Game Pass? You can buy our games exactly where you want to play them. And as much as I mean, this is such like a victory in my mind because of. I think having so many different like fragmented launchers is yeah. generally a generally a bad experience. <laughs> um, in, in my opinion, I mean, I, I think it's it's just that there's so much money involved here with these sort of launchers and game purchases that uh, 
companies are basically highly motivated <laughs> to create them. So I'm glad that, yeah, you can go over to Steam or you can subscribe to Game Pass and likely play all the same games yeah. there too. Um, I wonder if that's an option. Can you get like maybe a year of Game Pass or something <laughs> just for, um, you know, migrating your games or something? Probably not. But I mean, that'd be a smart, a smart idea. You're like, hey, you can migrate your games over to Steam and we'll do you one better. We'll give you, a, you know, free X amount of months for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Play even more Bethesda games. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of excited because like, I, I don't think what Fallout 76, was, was that even ever on Steam? Probably not. Probably not. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. More games coming to Steam that probably should be there. Yeah, I still got to check that. I still got to check out Fallout 76 now and see what it's like. I jumped yeah. in right when it came out and it just, it was, it, it, it wasn't my thing. It was okay. <laughs> it didn't go well. Yeah. It, yeah, it also had issues. So um, Bethesda also has an uh, FAQ specific to Fallout 76 players. So oh. <laughs> there's some more intricacies, it seems, about migrating here progress or something well it's it's good to see that you know we're getting rid of one (laughs) getting rid of one unnecessary launcher i think i heard or saw something about the same thing happening with uplay Mm -hmm. i think that's going away possibly possibly which hooray I think Origin's also in a weird place because there's this EA desktop app that's sort oh, of cropping up. Yeah, and, I haven't used Origin in forever because of the EA desktop app. Yeah. It's, it's definitely better than Origin. But I just want them to all not be necessary. Because like I forget what games I have on PC because it's like, which launcher do I open to look where the games are? I guess, I guess though, I've only ever bought one game on Epic even though I have like... I don't know, 50 games or something. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a way, I'm, I'm, choice would be nice, right? So like, yeah. it, it put them on Steam and put them on your launcher. And if people really want to, they can... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Exclusives kind of are a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Well, we got anything else to say about PC launchers and Bethesda? Uh, just want less of them, please. Thank you. Yes. Less launchers, please. <laughs> More Bethesda games on Steam. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Game Pass. Yeah. True. Well, I guess, I guess we are here to talk about Pilot Wing 64. Should we go back in time? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is September the 29th, 1996. And on that, that little Walkman radio, hearing the number one song of the United States today, that is Hey Macarena by Los Del Rio. Oh man, it's finally happened. We we're finally to the Macarena. <laughs> uh, now that that is, now that, that that hot number, that hot track is wrapping up. Uh, um, really quick though, if you were, if you were too, if you're too young to know about the Macarena, it was basically Gangnam style for a while. Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's funny. <laughs> that game, that, that song just took over the world for a little while. So yes. that's what the Macarena was. Gangnam style of 1996. 
Yep. <laughs> um, the number one song in the UK that is now coming on that little yellow Walkman radio. You know what it looks like. Um, it's Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. Man, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> love it so much. Earlier this month, things that were happening here in September of 1996. Uh, September the 4th, Alanis Morissette and the Smashing Pumpkins win awards at the 13th MTV VMAs. Uh, September 7th, rap artist Tupac Shakur, oh, sad, was shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas and dies six days later. Sorry, man. That was terrible. Uh, September 14th, Oakland A's Mark McGuire is the 13th player to hit 50 home runs in a season. September 16th, courtroom reality show Judge Judy with Judge Judith uh, Shendlin. Is that what her last name is? I don't even know. She's Judge Judy. It premiered in the United States this month. It's a big deal. That is that is a big deal. <laughs> Court cases would never be the same in the United States. <laughs> God. Music albums released this month include Traveling Without Moving from Jamiroquai. I love that record. Uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi from R.E.M. Also good. Enema from Tool. If that's the right way to say it, I don't even know. I have it, and it's amazing. It's uh, <laughs> Fashion Nugget from Cake. Look at this month. Cheryl Crow yeah. from Cheryl Crow. Uh, Better Living Through Chemistry from Fatboy Slim. How Bizarre from OMC. How Bizarre. And what, <laughs> and what would the community think from Cat Power? Man, this is a good music month right here. Holy crap. Um. I can't say the same thing for the movies. Movies released this month include The First Wives Club, though not a bad movie. Uh, Feeling Minnesota, actually not terrible. We got some Keanu. Fly Away Home, Bulletproof. That was that uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans movie. I remember seeing that mm. in the theater. Uh, <laughs> Last Man Standing, Loch Ness, and Maximum Risk. <laughs> Most popular video game rentals this month in the United States, according to Blockbuster, were Tetris Attack for the Super Nintendo. College Football USA 97 for the Sega Genesis, Tekken 2 for the uh, Sony PlayStation, and Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. Last bit here is notable video game releases this month include Super Mario 64 for the Nintendo 64, which came out on the very same day, Wavery 64 for the Nintendo 64, which might have been the same day also, um, mm. Wipeout XL for the PlayStation, Time Crisis 3 was released in the arcades, uh, Revelations Persona, the very first Persona game, was released on the Sony PlayStation, Crash Bandicoot came out on the PlayStation this month, uh, also Street Fighter Alpha 2 was released on the SNES, the PS1, and the Saturn, and last but not least, Donkey Kong Land 2 for the Game Boy. Nice. So, the stage has been set, September 1996. What is the deal with Pilot Wings? Yeah, so um, Pilot Wing sixty four, uh, yes, um, Mash said, released September 29th, ninth, nineteen ninety six. It is playable on the N sixty four and through the Virtual Console of the Wii and Wii U. There well. we go. Thank you. I was like, it's got to been playable somewhere else. Yeah, I. Um, ooh, now I want to double check. Um, mm, we're just gonna do a little Google search. This is our Google search song. <laughs> la, 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 la. This is a Google um, search, Google search song. <laughs> Looking for things that we should have found before we started recording yeah. the show. Sorry, that was way oh. out of time and not a good melody. Still looking further on Google. 
Can't seem to yeah, find the I, answer. Wikipedia doesn't have anything. How much more time can we burn while people are going, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I imagine we would cut this, but... <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I always love, though, when I listen to podcasts and they're like, yeah, we're definitely going to cut this. And you hear it in the show. You're like, yeah, you loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that was funny. Okay, I don't see anything on the internet that says that it was on Virtual Console. I had assumed. Um, so, yeah, there you there go. There you go. Now you Play. got egg on your face like I do all the time when I assume. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, in a way, I think that, um, you know, it's it's kind of a tech demo in some ways, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, as for the history of Pilot Wings 64, uh, Pilot Wing 64 was co-developed by the Texas-based graphics company Paragram Simulation and Nintendo's Entertainment An- Analyst and Development EAD, which you may have heard before, and Integrated Research and Development IRD divisions. Due to uh, is it is it par- oh it's Paradigm. Yeah, Paradigm okay so due to Paradigm's experience with Silicon Graphics workstations, Nintendo contracted the American company in 1994 concern- concerning it becoming one of the Nintendo 64's dream team of first developers. Paradigm worked directly with a team of Silicon Graphics and spent nine months developing a technology base for Pilotwing 64. In Paradigm's other Nintendo 64 releases, development on Pilotwing 64 began in earnest during June 1995 with Nintendo working on the game design with Paradigm working on the technical production. Nintendo's Genyo Takeda and Makoto Wada acted as Paradigm's primary technical and design contacts individually. Wada, the game's director, was also involved in design aspects such as modeling and animation. Shigeru Miyamoto, the producer of Pilot Wings for the SNES reprised his role for Pilotwing 64 and oversaw the project from Japan. Miyamoto's involvement was more removed than the (laughs) the SNES game due to his simultaneous work on the platformer Super Mario 64. According to Miyamoto, Pilotwing 64 was designed to allow gamers to experience free flight in realistic 3D environments on the Nintendo 64. Prior to the game's conception, Paradigm had worked on military vehicle and flight simulators, but not video games. Dave Gatchel of Paradigm disclosed that with regard to creating the game, they began with a physics-based approach, but deviated from this in order to gain balance between accuracy and fun for players. He indicated there was never an issue as to whether Pilotwing 64 should be more of an arcade game or simulation, as their goal was to always have a more arcade feel. The technical team studied the original Pilot Wings extensively during development. Pilot Wings on the SNES makes use of the power of the 16-bit console, principally its Mode 7 capability. Uh, similarly, Pilot Wings 64 prominently demonstrates the graphical features of its own console. Gatchel suggested that just as a as design elements present in the game generated its production requirements, these same elements were influenced by the Nintendo 64's technology during development. Large islands within the game were created using Paradigm's own 3D development tool, Vega 
UltraVision. Navigation of these environments is relatively smooth thanks to Pilotwing 64 taking advantage of several key Nintendo 64 hardware features. Conventional level of detail and MIP mapping were used to reduce the computational load of distant landscape objects and terrains when they were being when they were rendered. The processes respectively substitute simpler geometrical shapes for more complex ones and less detailed textures for more detailed ones, lowering the polygon count and 3D rendering time for a given frame and thus putting less demand on the geometric engine. Pilotwing 64 also applies Z-buffering, which keeps track of an object's depth and tells the graphics processor which portions of the object to render and which to hide. This, along with texture filtering and anti-aliasing, makes the object reappear solid and smooth along its edges rather than pixelated. It's a lot of fancy technical mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, there you, there you go. Jargon dump. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, that's that's interesting. Um, all right, as for the reception of Pilotwing 64, Pilotwing 64 was released in Japan on June 23rd, 1996 as one of the three Nintendo 64 launch titles. Pilotwing 64 managed to sell about one unit with about every 10th Nintendo 64 console with regional sales totaling 136,986 copies by the end of the year. The game was one of two original releases for the system during the September 26th, 1996 debut in North America, which was a few days earlier than the date set by Nintendo. Ah, that's why there's a date discrepancy. Um, (laughs) While Super Mario 64 initially sold at a one-to-one ratio with each console in the United States, following 64 sold an average of one copy with every fourth console. Despite selling out, some store locations for Electronics Boutique and KB Toys reported little or no units of the flight simulator being shipped to the retailers. About 90,000 copies of Pilotwing 64 were sold in the first few days on sale in the country, putting the game at number four on the NPD Group uh, NPD Group sales charts for that September. It went on to become the sixth best, sixth best-selling Nintendo 64 game of 1996 in the United States. Pilotwing 64 saw a release in European nations on March 1st, 1997, when it was one of three launch games along with Super Mario 64 and Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. In the United Kingdom, it was listed by Esquire magazine as the cheapest game in Nintendo's frighteningly priced opening range of titles. It was confirmed in early 1998 that the game had sold over 1 million units worldwide. Now, real quick, I want to touch on the frighteningly priced games do you remember uh n64 games going for a hundred dollars or more <laughs> no i i don't remember that i remember definitely seeing some 60 64 sort of cartridges in that range but not a hundred so yeah shadows of the empire was a hundred and ten dollars at like gamestop <laughs> or something um a lot of a lot of the carts for N64 games really varied in price at the beginning. And like I think I think I paid $79.99 for Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Mm. I think yeah, I'm not I guess I'm not surprised there. So anyway, that was I just wanted to to touch on that because yeah, it was crazy. Um Pilot Wing 64 was well received by most reviewers. 
The game's combination of 3D graphics, realistic settings, and flight simulation were applauded by many news sources and major gaming publications. In his release review of Nintendo 64, the Seattle Times contributor Stephen L. Kent found that the flight mechanics and vast areas featured in Pilotwing 64 make it one of the most impressive games ever made. (laughs) Glenn Rubenstein of the website GameSpot summarized the graphic sound control and all-around excitement add up to make Pilotwing 64 one hell of a great ride. Staff reviewers of Electronic Gaming Monthly, GamePro, and IGN all voiced positive comments on the game's polygon rendering and frame rates, <laughs> as well as its uh, sense of control and flying. Uh, Alex Constantides, we're going to go with, yeah, uh, of computer and video games, enjoyed the game's large environments exclaiming you'll not believe just how huge the islands really are and because certain elements are hidden at first it'll take you months to see everything ign's levi buchanan described this low pressure challenging without competition aspect of the game as a design philosophy adopted by later Nintendo titles such as Nintendogs. Rich, Led- Rich Ledbetter of Maxim, uh, Maximum. So that's Richard Ledbetter's of, uh, at Digital Foundry now. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm betting that's the same person. Of Maxim said that not everyone is appealed by its gameplay and sedate nature, but agreed that Piloween 64 involved high skill, dexterity, and control, and that it is a game that you must own and whilst not quite in the same league of must-haveitude as Super Mario 64, it remains an astounding achievement and another triumph for Nintendo. A next-generation critic remarked that once beyond the introductory missions, the game becomes satisfyingly challenging and succeeds as both a flight simulation and example of Nintendo's surrealistic gameplay. It's a weird mix of total realism and self-conscious video game elements, and the two don't great. As far as the overview, Pilotwing 64 is a 3D flight simulator in which the player must complete a variety of missions involving different airborne vehicles and air sports. Before each mission, the player must choose one of six character pilots, each with their own advantages and disadvantages based on factors such as weight. Tests before each event require the player to complete an objective in order to earn a license for the event. Depending on the mission, points are awarded or deducted based on the time, damage, fuel usage, accuracy, softness of landing, and similar criteria. The player is awarded bronze, silver, uh, sorry, the player is awarded a bronze, silver, or gold license based on the number of points attained. More difficult tests become available as the player progresses. There are three main events in Pilotwing 64 required to complete the game, each of which has its own objectives and unique flight controls using the N64's controller's single analog stick. The first, hang gliding, requires, usually requires the player to fly through a series of floating marker rings or snap a photograph of a particular piece of scenery before landing on a target area. The player's movement is affected by wind currents and altitude can be gained by flying through thermal columns. The second event is called 
is called the rocket belt, uh, a jetpack that allows the player to move and gain height as well as hover, tilt, and rotate in the air using the belt's equipped thrusters. Goals entail flying through rings, landing on floating platforms, or popping large balloons before landing. The third event, the gyrocopter, and MASH's favorite, yeah. <laughs> uh, challenges the player to take off and land on a runway after completing objectives like navigating a path of rings or destroying targets with missiles. Pilotwing 64 also features several bonus events that are unlocked if the player performs well in the main missions. The player can also earn medals in many of those events. They include skydiving, a human cannonball event, and the jumble hopper, <laughs> which grants the player special <laughs> spring-loaded boots used in bouncing across the landscape to an end space. Lastly, Pilotwing 64 features a Birdman mode that puts the character in a bird suit and gives players the opportunity to freely explore the game's detailed, object-dense environments set among its four distinct islands. One of the islands is based on the United States and has the geographical replications of famous landmarks, including the Statue of Liberty in Mount Rushmore, with Mario's face replacing George Washington's, and major cities such as Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York City. Representations of Nintendo characters and many other quirks can be found in the landscapes of the game. One thing to throw out, <laughs> since they brought up the Mario thing, if you, if you hit Mario with a rocket, or if you use the cannonball and fly into Mario's face, it turns into Wario. Okay, so... I looked up on the internet just like I was just looking for guides or yeah. like little tips of information, but I was pointed to a lot of cheat code websites, <laughs> which reminded me of the old days of yeah, the internet man. of when you were like, okay, I got this game. What are the cheat codes? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what the cheats are. Even if you don't use them right away, just like, okay, I got that in my back pocket. Yeah, exactly. You need to know how to find the cheats and what they are. And there was definitely an sort of air of misinformation about like, okay, what you need to complete different things. Like I found some inconsistencies and that was one that I didn't try, but I was curious if that was a real, thing, a real thing or just a, just a hoax, like, which was, it's just very funny with some of these old games, how, how the old internet of old that is just filled with, you know, false rumors that people have heard on the schoolyard. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it. It's the, it's those schoolyard rumors all put on the internet and now nobody, now yeah. I guess that's, I don't know, TikTok maybe <laughs> that's yeah, the schoolyard. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, remember renting this game um but somehow i ended up owning it now there's kind of a story with that because um there were a couple games at the local video game rental it wasn't like a big chain like blockbuster it was just a local yeah. like neighborhood video or i don't know what it was called but anyway we we would rent games from there pretty regularly and one time i guess they closed business um and we were late on the rental but they, we just kept it. Yeah, <laughs> so we're not going to get any to take it back to <laughs> basically. I mean, we're not going to get any late fees. We'll just be quiet and <laughs> keep the games. And I remember one of those games was 1080 snowboarding. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, good and game. I think I could swear the other one was like, um, it was an MRC, which is a, a racing game. I, I, I think, 
But I remember I was like, darn, should have just rented Goldeneye and then <laughs> <laughs> kept it. But I could I couldn't have anyway. So this might have been one of those games. Um, I really spent a lot of time exploring in like the gyrocopter and uh also the rocket belt. Yeah. Um, just to now I I didn't remember getting very far. Like some of these levels, I definitely I, I definitely only remember doing like the first two rows of missions, yeah. <laughs> um, and not being able to proceed at some point. Um, but I I think I think the the world still holds up. <laughs> I think you know, like I I definitely spent some time as Birdman. Um, you know, I've never used Birdman at the uh, at the the little states, which is the U.S. sort of um, based map, yeah. but I, I went over to Seattle and they have a Space Needle there, and I landed on the Space Needle, and you know, just a little bit down, they have <laughs> California, and um, I flew over to Texas, and then of course there's some missions involving Florida, and there's like a rocket there that you have to take oh, a picture yeah, of. That's right. And, yeah, I just I thought that was that was all really cool. I had fun exploring the game and I can't believe that that somehow is still appealing. Yeah. You know? I, I think, I think that was done very well when it first released. And I, I think that aspect of the game definitely holds up. It is fun to just explore the little world that they've created. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of, um, of, of a Kerbal space program in a way, because the, the, the massive worlds, but in Kerbal space program, they're basically barren. There's like trees, that's that's like it but these planets in the game are absolutely like almost to scale like what a real planet is like if you walk to your little character it would take years <laughs> to walk across the like like literal in-game year anyway or lifetime real-time years anyway these aren't that big but it's still pretty impressive yeah um what what was your experience with this game so i i played it right near the n64's launch i didn't get the n64 at launch but i had a friend who did um Mm -hmm. and i was incredibly jealous (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but yeah so i i played it i played it over there and i don't know i mean it was fun like uh, for the most part I didn't really care about how I did with my pilot license. Like I never cared enough to be like, I'm going to try to get perfect on everything. It was like, we were just like, okay, what's the minimum to unlock all the stuff just so that we can go screw around and have fun. And like I, once I got an N64, I also remember renting it for myself just so I could do all the, the gyrocopter exploration primarily. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because, I mean, pretty much once once I could use the gyrocopter in the little states, even if it was just the like one of the, the missions where you're supposed to be doing something, I'm like, cool, I'm going to ignore that, and I'm just going to go fly around, and I'm going to land, and I'm going to take off again, and I'm going to land and take off again. And just uh, there, there were places also that you could go and refuel, um, yes. So yeah, once I learned that, like I just had my, my loop, I'd go refuel, go fly some more, you know, go, go shoot Mario's face on, uh, Mount Rushmore, <laughs> see Wario. Um, I believe also if you shoot Wario's face, it switches back to Mario, but 
Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did did that? Just really, really enjoyed kind of flying around and just checking everything out. That's right. I, when you said the space needle, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. The space needle is up there. Like, uh, I don't know. It was just so much fun. Like, fly. <laughs> basically, doing like the. Oh, what is it? What is it? The the what is the run called when you're on like doing the Death Star, the trench run? <laughs> Basically, oh, like yeah. flying, like oh, I'm doing God. trench runs in the gyrocopter, <laughs> like getting super low, going in between buildings, like like narrowly missing different pieces of the landscape. That was always my favorite stuff to do in this game. Um, way more than actually, like you know, like I said, getting getting gold licenses or actually getting good points on anything that was that was super fun well it's interesting because the game actually encourages you to do it i forgot where i saw it but it said hey if you want to take a break for the missions go explore you know (laughs) so and i thought that's really cool of the game to do that you know like to present you with a world that's worth you know exploring and having fun with that like not taking the game so seriously right yeah like there's it's funny i think it's like when you look on how long to beat it says like five hours you can put way more than five hours into this game (laughs) just by like exploring and flying around and you know using using the different vehicle types flying around as Birdman as you were talking about that's it's it's like it's such a relaxed vibe being able to do that stuff as Birdman too but uh oh sorry I was just going to say, I think it is rewarding to go for the points, um, but I feel like most of the difficulty with the game is in the controls. Like, yeah. like you know what you want to do, but can you pull it off with the controls yeah. <laughs> is, is the issue that I had. And a, a lot of it just came with the gyrocopter trying to aim, you know, like I would kind of be like, okay, a little left. Okay. A little right, a little left, a little right. Oh, I missed the target. I flew right past it. <laughs> so, um, and also the grading sort of scale is incredibly strict. Oh yeah, it is. Um, it's like the worst teacher that, you know, that you had in high school that if you like misspelled a word, they'd knock like, off you 10 got an points F. out of a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> and that's kind of how the game is. It's like if um, if you could do everything great, but if your landing sucked, if you didn't oh land, God. you know, exactly pixel perfect in the me- or, or yeah. like maybe you were towards the edge, it's like you got a zero out of 20 for that landing. Yeah. You landed on the runway, but you're nowhere near the that center. Was, that was so. definitely the most frustrating part of the game where I'm like, <laughs> did all these crazy maneuvers, did everything, and I go into land and I'm like, yeah, that was a great landing. Like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm basically in the middle that felt really soft. And it's like zero. I'm like, <laughs> no, I thought, I thought that was good. And it's like, no, you suck. I'm like, Damn pilot wings. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cause there's two aspects of landing. There's the impact and then there's your accuracy. And those might be, you know, 20 points combined or 40 points combined. Again, yeah, most of the you get a zero on those things. Of the score. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you flew through all those rings. You did great time. You did all that. But uh, uh, that was not that was not like that landing wouldn't you, you wouldn't have had 
I don't know. I'm trying to, I can't think of something. I'm trying to think of something that's easily woken up. Oh, oh, it's like, oh, you woke up that caterpillar. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you, uh, you disturbed the butterfly. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it needs to be a landing so smooth that you don't wake up grandma. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Yep. <laughs> well, there's the other aspect is time. So if let's say um, at some point it just starts t- docking points off time. So if, like if they think the mission will take three minutes, if you're at three 30, you'll get like 30 out of 40 for time or something like that. So if you were like, okay, this landing's not looking good. I'm going to circle around and land again with a gyrocopter. It's like, well, you lost all your time points. Yeah. <laughs> Because that took well, like a minute. Now you got zero time points, and you still only got <laughs> half of the landing points. So, yeah. If you do get another chance, because if you're in the the hang glider, you only get one shot, kind of at that landing. Um, yeah. So b- because of I I failed so many times oh, where I'm like, oh, I'm too glider. high. I'll circle around, and oh, I missed the target completely. <laughs> that was my like flying in the hang glider was fun. Landing in the yeah. hang glider was not my favorite, not even close. So the one that gets me is um, skydiving because it's like the hang glider, but you have way less control (laughs) with your speed. You have no way to break, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of sucks. I think there's a way to pick up your feet, but that also adds a new calculation that you have to make. So, (laughs) Yeah, the landing. The landing is always the hardest part. Did you want to get into some of the aspects of the yeah. the game? Yeah, uh, I guess let's let's jump into the music. And you you linked here to oh. the uh, the soundtrack on YouTube, and right yeah. right before we started recording, you were like, "Have you listened to it just by itself?" And I was like, "No, I haven't." And then I spent a moment <laughs> listening to some of these. Holy crap! This is a good soundtrack. Oh, this is such a it's good so soundtrack. Good. It's it's like a, a mix of like sort of funk and synth yeah. into like one thing. And it's just anyway. And you know, of course, like I, I'm gonna try not to gush over Birdman the whole time, but like I listen to Birdman unironically, just like when I'm working it's so chill. or oh, it's just like when I just wanna chill and relax. That's always been my I used to run the N64, you know, just so that I could listen to that song, you know, just fly around as Birdman. Um, it's incredibly chill. Um, and now I didn't think, um, I don't think we had any information, but this uh, soundtrack was done by someone in particular. Oh, I'm going to look that it's up. It's actually, but... it's, it's right on the video. Dan Hess. Oh, it Dan is. Dan Hess even commented in like so i'll 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 have this uh in in the show notes so you guys can check this out the the soundtrack on youtube but yeah the composer even commented he's like thank you for sharing my soundtrack for all the comments (laughs) yeah yeah it's i mean it's incredible (laughs) what he put together here it's it um it reminds me of goldeneye in the same kind of thing, like you didn't have to do this kind of good job, but like you are actually obviously a talented composer yeah. <laughs> and you like have your own band or something and you just like went wild with yeah. it. You know, it's like, I, I think I saw a meme that said like Phil Collins didn't have to kill it on the, <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> Tarzan <laughs> soundtrack. Oh wait, Tarzan. We did the Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> Oh yeah, like the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not familiar. I don't think I, I have oh, not okay. seen Disney's Tarzan. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's oh yeah, that's a should I check out that's a big one, but should I check out that soundtrack? Oh okay. yes, okay. yes. Maybe not right this second, yeah, but later. like uh, they're they're definitely like yeah, there are singles in that <laughs> in that soundtrack of his. But anyway, it's just like he didn't have to kill yeah. it, but he did it for us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just remember that. I mean, Dan Hess, thank you. This is a this is a killer soundtrack. It's <gasps> I mean, it's funny. Like I I enjoyed it, of course. Like listening to it while I was playing, but. Yeah, it's it it hits different when you go in and you're just listening to it and really paying attention to it. Like I already mm-hmm. loved the gyrocopter music. And this this is this is so much better to just like sit and listen to it without without like I guess feeling feeling the frustration or feeling the yes. like <laughs> am I going to finally do this? And you're like so focused on your landing <laughs> that you've just got tunnel vision and you don't hear anything. So anyway, there's really good, really, really good stuff here. Except I think Cannonball was, was Cannonball the one that sounds like, like it's circus music. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. It's, it sounds like some sort of clowns theme or something. <laughs> it's, it's kind of silly. I, I do like how, when you shoot the cannon, it sort of speeds up. It's kind of funny in a way. But just the comment I made, like, you know, if this if this was actually like a live performance, I would go see it and I would jam my head and you're, you know, like bang my head and just dance and I, I would just love it. Come on, Dan has <laughs> do air guitar the whole time. Dan has you got two people at least that would come to that concert <laughs> right here. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, if you if you don't play this game, that's fine. But like I just when I was at work, I just played this soundtrack and just listen to it and <laughs> the whole thing all the way through. So that's sort of, it's in that club that I would unironically listen to this. Just listen to the <laughs> just, Pilot Wing 64 soundtrack. Just all the way through and just enjoy it, you know? Nice. Um, I wonder if it's on vinyl somewhere. <laughs> oh my God. If it is, then I'll have to buy it. Cause I'm that yeah. guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let me take this digitally produced music and put it on analog. It's warmer there. I I think it, I think it would hit actually pretty I good. Mean, I have, particularly the gyrocopter. Uh, I mean, it's I do love my Streets of Rage soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> that Genesis <laughs> FM synth really it's uh, it's so much warmer. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about the soundtrack? I just think it's really cool. Um, how long some of the loops are too, which are not super common with, I mean, in 64 games, the, the space is so incredibly tight yeah. on the cartridge that a lot of this stuff has to be produced as MIDI files. Like, yeah, or it has <laughs> and, to be heavily compressed. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, some of these tracks are, like um it's hard to say here but um like over two minutes long like a whole yeah two to three minutes you know like that's that's pretty amazing yeah definitely (laughs) so um that you know they they he that dan hess was allowed to make something that long you know it's just it was so good magnum Um, opus yeah i mean 
what would happen with cartridges is like, look, we got to cut this song because we want to put another level in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's kind of how tight things were. Didn't have that free flowing CD quality audio. Just yes. streaming about on a disc. And and that's why I guess, you know, and I get last thing on the N64 is just when there's a good soundtrack on the N64, it's kind of like, like those, they say limitations breed creativity. Yeah. Um, it's just like that much more impressive when a good soundtrack comes out of the N64. If you ask me. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, Hey, play a song. We're going to give you a guitar. It only has one string. So <laughs> go for it. <laughs> like, anything else on music? No. I mean, it's good. Listen to it. If, yeah. if you don't know how yeah. good it is, go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, we, got, we got characters up next. Um, oh, this is embarrassing. What? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm going to read off some of yeah, the character names here. And I just want to say, okay, so we have Lark and Kiwi, which are our lighter characters. And we have sort of our medium characters, uh, Goose and Ibis. And finally, our heavy characters, um, like least affected by wind, for example, uh, Hawk and Robin. And this time playing it, I finally realized they're all bird names. (laughs) They're all birds. (laughs) that's why this is embarrassing as a kid it never occurred to me and the reason why is i didn't realize that kiwi and ibis are birds honestly i don't i don't know if i realized that when i was a kid like just like going through and looking at it now i'm like oh yeah those are all birds but i don't know i yeah i don't know if it ever clicked with me when i was younger or not because i'm like kiwi yeah i mean polish and a fruit (laughs) yep that's true (laughs) and a fruit yeah, they're just two things that had not occurred to me. So um, anyway, um, now I think there's probably some development maybe on these characters. There, Some of them have little catchphrases or little bios, um, but I don't know if they will be. I was looking at it here a bit in the manual that I also found. Yes. Thank you, archive.org. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Hawk looks tough, but he's a pussy cat. He's not very fast because of his size, but he's not affected by a wind either. So there's, yeah, there's stuff in this little meet the pilots section. Lurk. He's small, but very courageous. He moves fast, but is affected by wind because of his small size. Is that, is that really the only thing that they're talking about? Like they're this. And they're affected by wind, or they're not affected by wind. Uh, apparently. Let's see. Kiwi. Kiwi's not afraid to get her hands dirty. However, she's small, like Lark, and easily affected by wind. This is all we know <laughs> about that's these kind of important. That's all we know. <laughs> Goose is one cool pilot, a self-proclaimed expert. There's no vehicle. Sorry, there's not a vehicle he says he can't handle. Hey, they're not talking about there wind. You go. Oh, okay. So for the middle, the middle tier characters, they don't mention wind at all because <laughs> they're neutral. Ibis, to the small wind. and calm. Ibis sometimes makes mistakes because she gets too confident. <laughs> yeah. And uh, say so I already read Hawk, and then we have Robin, one of the prettiest pilots around. Nothing bothers Robin like Hawk. Wind does not affect her. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> she's like, winking. Uh, they all. She's like, yeah. Wind doesn't affect me, baby. <laughs> what? They all have their own little like phrase. Like I think Lark says, like, yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> or something like that. So, but Robin cracks me up because it's very deep. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, did, did you have a favorite um, character? I, I, Hawk probably the the reason I didn't really play as Hawk when I was a kid I'd always play as Lark I guess I found him the most relatable but <laughs> um, but Hawk because I just found that when I used him I I just seemed to my scores improved <laughs> that's really what it was I seemed like I had more control and it's probably because uh, his vehicles have generally slower speeds so they were a little easier I to see. navigate. So, but I did struggle with time on some of those, um, courses. And I wonder if, you know, Lark or Kiwi would have been better, uh, options. Yeah. There. I mean, I feel like I used Hawk and Robin the least. Maybe that was some of my, my problem or I was using them maybe at the wrong times because like I tried to use Hawk in one of the, let's see, it was one of the hang glider missions and like I just could not get enough height, uh, so I switched to Lark yeah. and Kiwi, and then just like f- like flew like a leaf into the sky, and was like, "Yes, this is what yes. I needed." Uh, but I also noticed yep. for another one of the hang glider ones where you have to steeply like shoot straight down and go through all these rings, you cannot do it as Lark or Kiwi. You don't have enough mm-hmm. weight to drop to actually get in those first few rings. So I had yeah. to switch to Hawk or Robin. So like, and I, and I know that you had pointed that out to me, um, as I was starting to play the game, you're like, Hey, you know, it might be a good idea to, to play around with some of the characters on each, on each one of the different types of challenges, because they do definitely have their own advantages and disadvantages. But I still found most of the time I was going for the mid, like I was going for goose and Ibis probably 80% of the time. And then like I'd switch between Lark and Kiwi 19% of the rest of the time. And the last 1% I would spend on Hawk and Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I, I guess I played around with characters a little bit. So, um, Ibis, I, I liked playing as goose. I liked playing as uh, Lark or Kiwi. I would really only pick if I was having like a height problem yeah. with uh, the hang glider, for example, um, but yeah, a lot of hog. And then I think I did a couple missions as Robin. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some of the like, you know, uh, female characters, they have a pretty loud scream when they crash. Oh, yeah, that, um, that's so, right. um, where Hawk has like a very little, like, Ooh, <laughs> like I, I, it's like a roar basically. But I, I kind of like that cause it's just not so, um, uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, startling <laughs> I guess is what I'm looking yeah. for um oh my god there's a there's a Q&A in the manual too like with the hang glider I stall right away what am I doing wrong <laughs> nice um, see the manual manuals were so helpful yeah they were so great yeah I mean this this one in particular is great because they're just sort of giving some tips like <laughs> Hey, one or not? Like it's like a mini game? strategy guide. <laughs> Try these. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Wish I'd read that. <laughs> yeah, that that's something that I I need to start doing more often on uh, future games that we do for the show, and even future games mm-hmm. for me streaming. Um, if I'm playing some old games that I don't have the manual for, I should go look up the manual. You learn some very helpful things sometimes. The game just yeah. will never explain to you because it's in the manual. And if you bought the game, you got the manual, right? Anyway. <laughs> Correct. Um, anything else on the characters before we move on? Not really. There's not there's not a lot to report no, here. There's, there's not a lot of character development, you know? <laughs> but man, oh, I, wait, no character development. But what about after the, when you when you get the, the medal and then Goose, oh, it's this heart-wrenching story. I'm just kidding. No, there's no story here. Um, (laughs) All right. Then uh, the different vehicles that can be used. Uh, It's already been, we've we've already mentioned it, but we'll cover it again. Uh, We got the hang glider, the rocket belt, the gyrocopter. And then there are also different, like four different mini games and not, these aren't all necessarily vehicles. I guess they're, I guess whatever. It's not, this isn't the vehicles category. This is the, all the things you can do category. Um, (laughs) There's the cannonball, (laughs) which you have to unlock. There's also skydiving to unlock. Uh, the Jumble Hopper, you know, your moon shoes, and Birdman, which we've already discussed. So out of, let's see, out of the the, the three core types, I guess, um, do you have a favorite in those three before we then bring in the other four? Yeah, so if I had to rank them, I'll say that Gyrocopter is my, oh, Gyrocopter is probably my favorite. Yeah, and um, second would be the rocket belt and the hang glider would be like sort of the one I sort of dread yes. <laughs> in a way. Um, the, the, the hang glider ones aren't necessarily like the hardest challenges. It's just the hardest vehicle to do them yes. with. Agreed. Where the rocket belt was, I actually felt really confident in the beginning, but that darn, that darn level where you have to navigate the caves. Like, oh my God. <laughs> the, that oh. so... Actually, probably jumping ahead. Did, but. did I go back and do that after you? So, <laughs> I got really, I got, I, I'm impressed with how far I got into using the rocket belt by the time you told me about the hover ability. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah, important. it's funny. Like when you brought it up, and then I did it, like it blew me away. But then, like a couple seconds later, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember this in the game. I just forgot that it was the thing and well, I didn't look at the manual. So yeah, I just forgot that that existed altogether and that made the rocket belt section so much or the rocket belt mission so much easier. But yeah, I don't remember if I went back and did that cave one after I learned hover. Uh, Cause that was like that, that was, that sucked. That was hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard just because you're in a narrow cave and you have to sort of, uh, the cave has some verticality to it and it's not actually the best visibility. And every time you touch an edge of the cave, you lose two points. So I lost probably like 10 points, That's all. you know, uh, <laughs> this is the one that I completed. I mean, event basically it choked my score to death every other time, but, um, or I'd fallen. The other thing is you can't touch the ground at all because there's water everywhere and water is instant death in this game. Uh, the first time I completed, so, I, got, I got 
28 points subtracted from my score from all of the times I hit the walls. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's seven or wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's 14, 14 times I hit co- the walls. <laughs> yeah. Now the gyrocopter became the most challenging though. in my, um, because of the targets oh, that you that, have to hit and yeah, I mean, there usually each class or each world that you do with the with the gyrocopter, there's kind of like three objectives that you have to do. The first one is like fly through rings. The next one is shoot static targets, and then the third one is something crazy like chasing down a robot that's gotten loose. Yes, the <laughs> giant robot you have that to looks like it. hawk. Yes. Yeah. How can we save money? <laughs> we're going to blow up this. Yes. We're going <laughs> anyway, to increase the size of this character model and change it to another color. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, um, which those are incredibly frustrating for me personally, but the first one wasn't so bad. The second one where he's swimming in the ocean and that sort of ice level is really frustrating because he will change directions at random. Yeah. So I'm either trying to lead my rocket so that he'll run into it, but he'll just randomly like, I'm, I'm going to go this way. I'm turning around. I'm going the other way. <laughs> so oh, that's impossible. So I did eventually pass it, but I wasn't able, I got a silver medal. I tried to get gold and everything. That is the uh, one where I'm like, okay, you can have it. You can take silver <laughs> on that one. So, um, what, what about you? What are your, what's exactly your Exactly the same. Yeah. The yeah. ranking is okay. exactly the same. Um, but the, the the fun factor for me, the gyrocopter is far out in front. Um, yeah, you know, I I still ended up actually, I ended up liking the hey push this gigantic ball over into this area with oh, the rocket belt for yes. some reason. Like yeah. I I did that pretty at least I felt like I did that pretty well. Um, I think the rocket league controls actually translated there a little bit. I didn't think of that, but I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right about that because I was like, Oh, I know exactly how I need to hit this thing over there. Like I, and I like, I ended up being able to basically like juggle it all the way over there. And I was like, cool. That was, that was easy (laughs) enough. That's, that's precisely what I thought. I was like, oh, I've been I've been training for this <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> I've been I'm good. training for hundreds of hours. <laughs> like that goal is huge. This will be no yeah, problem. <laughs> it's way bigger than the goal in Rocket League. And I didn't even have any yeah. opponents trying to knock it away from me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. So then um, um with the next four, the the unlockable mini games, the cannonball, skydiving, jumble hopper, and birdman, do you have a favorite there? So this is, well, I really like Birdman because it's a way to explore yeah. the map with free movement and unlimited fuel. Cannonball, I'll give a second yeah. to because it was, it was, I, I think it was simple. It was fun. It was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had a lot of t- trouble. Like I think I got a perfect score the first time. And you're like, like hey, this is going to be easy. And then like every other one after that, it was just like, I mostly failed and then was scrambling to get gold basically in any of those. So it's really, it's really hard because you have to hit the target. Bullseye is 25, but you have to be dead center yeah. bullseye for that. Anything in that, you know, the further out you go in that bullseye circle, the less points you yeah, get. I think if you're and like right on the periphery, you can get like 20 points maybe. And yeah. then, and then yeah, yeah you can and get then 20, it, which is 80. 
it's a silver yeah. medal basically it's for for if you if you hit the bullseye three times yeah. like the outer rim of the bullseye you know so i had a hard time with that one uh skydiving was a little frustrating because you you just sort of like falling and you have to get in these yeah. formations which is I called it a parallel park simulator because you, you basically, you can move forward and backward, but that will allow you to descend and you can rotate in place. So if you need to change your altitude, you need to move forward and then like press a to like yeah, slow yourself yeah, yeah. down to get into place. So it's kind of a interesting thing. So you want to get into many, as many formations as you have time for, and then you have to land, which is like a harder version of hang gliding. Yeah. And um, I'm going to let you talk about some of this stuff uh, before I get on to Jungle Hopper <laughs> so, or Jumble Hopper. Um, so I think so far I would also agree with your order of things as far as like yeah. Birdman probably being the best out of these, the most chill. You can like just go explore Cannonball. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's it could be frustrating, um, especially as it gets to the more difficult stuff because you can't even see where the target is. So it's like your first one, you got to fire kind of blindly to see like, is that even going to go where it's supposed to be? Like, or like, am I even going in the, like the right direction? Was that way too hard? Was that way too soft? Um, like the first view of the cannonball, you can directly see the target in front of you. Um, so yeah, it, it steps up the difficulty there. Um, but yeah, skydiving, not, not super, not super fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a neat idea that it was added, but yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I used to do the skydiving in the original pilot wings on the SNES and just never pull the chute and just try to hit the target. Basically it's like doing cannonball <laughs> is what I would try to do. And like, <laughs> you know, you get no points, but still like with your friends, that's like, at least with my friend, that was the mini game that we created was like okay, we're going out of the plane and we're going to try to get in the middle of the target, just like slam into the ground. Um, so yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't quite do that the same here. It, I mean, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hit the same. Um, yeah, but yeah, well the jumble hopper, do you want to, should we talk about the jumble hopper? Yeah, so this involves your character sort of jumping in these, you call them moon boots. Yeah, did, did you um, ever, did you ever see those uh, when we were growing up? Yeah, the, yeah I remember the, the uh, yeah, moon shoes. Yeah, yeah the yeah. moon shoes. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moon that's, shoes. that's basically moon what this shoes. makes me think of, but it's like, you know, yeah. more powerful. Yeah, your character like jumps these like, kind of like a kangaroo, these long distances, and you can adjust how far or high you go based on how far you tilt the control stick. And then I learned you can press A to get extra height on it, um, reading a strategy guide. But the, the thing about this, that's kind of like annoying is that you are basically all your points are based on time because it's the only basically game that you play. If you hit something and crash, you don't actually die. You just kind of like your character writes itself after shaking its head for a few minutes, three seconds, basically. Yeah. And then you'll take off, um, again and you are subtracted two points every time you touch the water. Um, so you also can't fall in the water, 
But man, it's just really annoying because I also learned that some surfaces you can land on and actually jump off and then other rougher surfaces you will fall every time. I don't know. I just, I found it really frustrating. It felt sort of broken. It, I might be able to do it with more practice, but kind of the, the the level that I got stuck on where it was really key that I learned the mechanics is a night level. <laughs> and the night levels on my TV are really difficult <laughs> to see, yeah. you know, um, and I, I could, I could turn off the energy saver settings and it helped a little oh, bit, yeah. but it's just like, how can I tell what textures I'm landing on if all I see is like blackness, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So I found that really frustrating, uh, jumble hopper. Yeah. I um, mean, to me, it's the one that's like, this game is called pilot wings. You have a hang glider. You're flying. You have a rocket yeah. belt. You're flying. <laughs> you have a gyrocopter. You're flying. A cannonball. You have a cannon. You're flying through the air, getting shot out of a cannon. Birdman. Well, as the name suggests, you're a birdman. You can fly. Skydiving. Yeah. Well, you're falling. And you you gotta you gotta use the parachute. Jumble hopper. Flying. Where does that even come from? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. Nobody. That's not a. That's not a method of flight. Yeah, I'm going to jumble hop my way over to Miami. Like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I thought of like some sort of pachinko machine or something when I heard the term jumble hopper, you know, like a hopper, something that collects things. But no, this is actually like kangaroo simulator sort of thing. It's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I'm trying to think like what else could they have done? Like um, a biplane? Or, um, I mean, airplane of some sort, or <laughs> just not include this. I mean, I think I joked earlier. It's like, well, there's there's a certain number of lines that would suggest <laughs> that there's one more that we need to fill out. So, what what do we got? We we don't want to make any new assets. <laughs> yeah, we'll have them. We'll have them jump. That's it. We'll have them yeah. jump. <laughs> so, there you go. I had a little bit of trouble finding sort of, I mean, we, we've sort of covered the challenges, right? So we don't yeah, really need to go over those at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. I guess, I guess the um, challenges, well, I mean, I guess unless we wanted to call out anything more specific, like, you know, we were talking about the, um, you know, flying through rings and shooting the targets. I did, I don't know. I did particularly enjoy the gyrocopter ones where I had to shoot the targets and the moving targets. Um, mm-hmm. cause then it started to feel like a combat flight simulator instead of just a flight simulator. The like shoot 10 of the, the like orbs or 15 or whatever it is. Like I was like getting into first person mode and just like loving it. Cause I was feeling like I was like, I don't know, flying a flying some kind of jet shooting rockets instead of my little gyrocopter. Um, yeah, it's definitely fun. The rockets are satisfying too. Um, like, you know, the sound that they make when they blow up, I guess I did have some fun with a rocket belt landing on platforms rather than flying through rings or, um, you know, some of the other, uh, ball levels are a little frustrating. Like the balls that split into multiple ones. You have to sort of chase them down. It was kind of frustrating the first time. Uh, or the first couple times that I went through it because I, I, it didn't make total sense to me where it was like, hey, 
do this, get at least this number of balls, and then you can go land. And I tried doing it. It was like, you got no points for half of your stuff. Like, why did I get no (laughs) points? Oh, because I think it would also say like, I don't know, it said something about it. No, it didn't say complete. What was it? I don't know. I don't remember the word. But when you first hit the larger ball, that then it breaks off into all the other ones. It says ball split. Yeah, but then like after getting a couple of them, there's something, there was something to me in the language presented on the screen that suggested that I might be done with what I needed to do, even though I didn't get all of them. So anyway, I was confused. Oh, and actually, I, I might have even I might have even run into a bug because I ran into the first one, collected all of the balls after they split, and then I ran into the second one that you're supposed to get that splits before you get all the rest of them. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't break. It didn't do anything. I just like oh. I could basically land on it. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay. I mean, maybe I only needed to get one or like a certain number of the split balls or something. Maybe I didn't need to get all of them from the first one. Maybe I just have to like get a certain number of them fast and go land. So then I went and landed and it was like, Mm -hmm. nope, you got no points for any of the balls. And I'm like, what the hell game? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, but then I, then I did it the way that you would expect the next time around and it broke apart and everything. I was able to collect everything and it all worked. They definitely get a lot harder. They start to ratchet. They're very simple and straightforward at first, but then yeah. they get rather difficult. So Yeah, I mean, like I, I guess like I mentioned when we were talking about the characters, I had to switch to um, Lark or Kiwi when using the hang gliders half the time because it was like, hey, uh, like ascend to 400 meters. And then after yeah. that, you can go and land. And though it was possible with some of the heavier characters, it took way longer so I did it with them yeah. like the first few times and then my my time score sucked. So I was like, "Well, what the <laughs> hell?" So that's when I finally figured out, "Oh, like be one of be one of the tiny ones that just gets thrown around by the wind and that'll shove me up into the sky far enough so that I can uh can do that quickly enough and then go land and hopefully not fail all on all my landing points." I guess being uh, affected by the wind doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to talk about the locations here. So um, I pulled up the manual here. So we have, they're they're all islands of some sort. So the first one is Holiday Island. The description says, this is an amusement island with hotels, amusement parks, and golf courses. The beginner class or beginner class takes place here. Uh, Everfrost Island, this winter wonderland of ice and snow, is located near the Arctic Circle. Here you will find an oil refinery. Uh, Crescent Island, which I kind of call this Hawaii because it sort of reminds me of some Hawaiian island formations where there's sort of a crater in the middle. Uh, This C-shaped island can be found in the South Seas. There is a hotel resort near the beach and some towns near the open sea. And finally, the little states, as we talked about before, this island is a miniature version of the United States. You've seen some areas before, but the best attraction is Mario Rock on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty good. Um, 
I'm I'm going to say, you know, I really liked Holiday Island. There's a lot of nostalgia there because I think it's very condensed yeah. and a lot of good things to explore there. But, you know, uh, probably uh, Second is Little State and Crescent Island is is, is uh, fun too. But uh, Everfrost is okay. There's, not, there's just a lot of mountains, yeah. really. <laughs> and whales. There's whales out there too. So. Yeah, I, I would say my my order is Little States first, Holiday Island second, then Crescent, and then uh, Everfrost also pulling up the rear. Yeah. Because um, I just, I don't know, I, I like all the, the condensed representation of the United States. It's, it's basically the same version of the United States you see in Cruising USA. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just funny. Cause it's like, okay, this is the United States. If it was the size of Rhode Island, <laughs> yeah, basically I mean, really. like, very, very small. <laughs> I did want to take a second and admire the box art too, as well. If you, if you look that up, that's, um, it's just, a, I really love that low camera perspective with Hawk running and, and Lark, um, and, and goose sitting on the gyrocopter, like kind of giving the thumbs up. Like it's just, it's just so inviting. It's like a postcard <laughs> or something, you know? Um, yeah, I, I like, I, I like the box art. I like the art that's on the, the manual. I think the, I think overall the characters look fun and inviting. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I I think the art has aged really well too because it's sort of like cartoony, like sort of polygonal, yeah. like smooth polygonal. Um, kind of reminds me of the stuff from Final Fantasy for some reason. So like the character designs, like Final Fantasy, I, I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that, I guess that's piloting sixty four. Yeah. Uh, fun game. Thanks for playing this one Heck with yeah. me. I was I was glad to to finally go through it again. It's been a while. Yeah, same same here, really. Well, got anything else you want to say about it before we go back to the future? I I, I guess what I'd say like one one thing. Do you, do you think um do you think you'd re- recommend this to somebody? I have my N sixty four. I don't have this cartridge, and I did look up price charting. Cartridge only uh, was probably around twenty five dollars, probably twenty. I, w- I would say I think price charting said it was twenty dollars. Twenty five dollars would probably be what you would find at a store. Um, I think. I mean, hmm. I would definitely recommend it to someone, you know, that has played it, that has any level of nostalgia for it. But mm-hmm. like, or I don't know. I guess I would also recommend it if you are trying to gain a better perspective of the Nintendo sixty four as a whole. And the yeah. different experiences that exist on that system, I think this is a a great example of one of the different experiences you can have on the N sixty four. So for those reasons, I would definitely recommend it. For like, hey, I'm just looking for a fun game to play through. You're like, well, do you like flight sims and trying to? land perfectly <laughs> if you say yes then definitely check out pilot wing 64 if you say no still maybe like okay do you yeah. like flying and screwing around if the answer is yes then sure 
But uh, if if you're yeah, if you're nowhere near enjoying flight games that try to be flight simulation like in any way, then I'd say steer clear. Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I don't think it's necessarily an outstandingly good game, but I like it a lot more than most N64 games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so, I it it I would say it controls well enough. Yeah, and potentially <laughs> and performs relatively yeah. well as far as frame rate on N64. I kind of you know. Um, made some noise about that about the frame rate earlier but it's actually not no. terrible when you look at other n64 games <laughs> no it's 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 i would say it's very stable uh by comparison to many other n64 games um but yeah i feel like it's it's technically impressive overall and you know what actually follow-up question if you say no to all those other things do you like a really good soundtrack that's impressive for being on a cartridge? If the answer is yes, <laughs> then buy Pilot Wing 64. Or, yeah. Yeah, or, or check out the soundtrack on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or on vinyl. Yes. That's it. I'm going to do a pirated vinyl pressing of the uh, N64 <laughs> soundtrack for uh, Pilot nice. Wing 64. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Have to learn how to press my own vinyl somehow. I'm gonna be, I'll be, I'll be that hip that I'll learn how to do my own vinyl pressing. No, not anyway. Nice. Um. All right. Well, shall we get back in the time machine? Let's do it. All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to February twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty two. We are we are now back into the future slash present day, which again for you listener that is that is the past. That's at least a few days ago. By the time <laughs> you're listening to this, heck, it could be years. Wait, it could even be decades. Maybe you're aliens listening to us in space. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's silly. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about some of the stuff that we've been playing. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about some? I, I know that I have a mighty list right now because of streaming and playing some retro games on stream and thankfully beating some of them. Um, but I'm yeah. happy happy to give you the reins because on on some of these, I don't. I'm not going to go really into any detail. Be like, I played this thing. I'm going to kick one off and then uh, just because it's a little timely, and yes. then we'll talk about the rest. So if we didn't get a pilot wing, so. Um, I watched a YouTube video talking about Pilot Wing 64 and the I'm, I wish I could shout out the creator I don't remember the name but they said hey if um if you want a really more accurate Nintendo um pilot or experience or flight sim experience play Pilot Wings Resort but if you want to check out something old school you know check out uh Pilot Wing 64 and so I went ahead after I was pretty much done with uh, pilot wing 64 i picked up pilot wings resort for the 3ds and it's really good it's kind of like they looked at um, pilot wing 64 like okay let's do it over again but we're gonna you know smooth out all the issues so flight control much more manageable like everything feels good with the joystick um in, in fact, landing in comparison is so much easier <laughs> that I like the first couple times I did it 
because I've been playing pilot wing 64, I got a perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Oh, this game's too easy. Like it after playing pilot wing 64, pilot wings, wings resort feels like pilot wings for babies. <laughs> but <laughs> that it, it, it does ratchet up and challenge. And there's a couple of post game levels that I'm working on <clears throat> that are sort of like victory lap challenge levels that I'm actually having a little trouble clearing. So I'm working on those, um, but I just, I love it because they filled out the roster of vehicles. I feel like a lot better because each vehicle, which you have a plane, a seaplane, pretty much all your landings in the seaplane happen in the water. um, And you have the rocket belt, rocket belt returns. And the third one is the hang glider, also hang glider returns. So no gyrocopter, just the plane. Oh, man. Yeah, it's but the uh, the plane is roughly kind of like the gyrocopter. It moves much more slowly, but it does have a boost function that goes faster. And each one of these in the later levels has a variation. There's the jet, which flies much faster, <laughs> and then uh, on you have a super rocket belt, which also moves much faster and is a blast to play. <laughs> And uh, the last one is the bicycle glider, which basically your character is on a bicycle and you have to manage your stamina uh, while flying this thing. So oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really cool. I really love how they fleshed out the challenges because, you know, there are still rings that you have to fly through and balloons that you have to pop, but there's also things like these um, speed tokens and basically you have to hit these sort of walls. They're like honeycomb shaped. You have to hit them at a speed that is listed on there. So if it says 90 miles per hour, you have to hit it at 90 miles per hour or you fail that token. You lose your, your 20. So most of your score is calculated by how many of these tokens you're sort of, um, gathering. So it's less time is still there, but, and you're landing in accuracy, but they're just much smaller portions of your score. (laughs) So it's really like how closely did you fly, fly the path? Um, so I've had a lot of fun with it. It's good use of 3d because, you know, you sort of have your character in the foreground and the world in the background. Oh, that's so cool. I was doing some of that in the, uh, with the 3d, I was like, um, I didn't notice an option for gyro controls. I thought that was going to be there, but, um, everything's with the control stick, no gyro copter and no gyro controls. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but I uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and this has helped sort of rediscover my love for 3ds. So I'm paying a lot of attention to my 3ds right now with the eShop closing. And I I recommend Pilot Wings Resort if you if if you've played Pilot Wings 64 and you're like I wonder what a good game <laughs> like <laughs> looks like in this style, uh, Pilot Wings Resort is there now. One thing, the characters from Pilot Wing 64 are not carried over at all. You only play with your me character. That's that's it. And there's only one li- island, Woohoo Island. And Woo-hoo. but the island is varied. There's a volcano and tunnels and cool stuff. Like there's cool stuff to explore. So that's yeah, that's that's pretty much Pilot Wings Resort. It gives a thumbs up. I I couldn't put it down. It was like a good book that I couldn't put down until it was finished. So nice. All right. Well, I'll I'll knock some things off my list here real quick. So uh Rock Band Four did a little bit more of that. I then also Wait, you play Rock Band Four? Yeah. You ever heard yeah, of I'm it? Just, I'm just I'm just, I'm <laughs> no, just I kidding. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um I didn't play a ton. 
because uh, the bit I did play, I did play some on stream. Um, but then I was going a little too hard. And then like the very next day, I was having some issues with my back and shoulder again. So hooray, that's all back. No. Um, so yeah, I did that. Uh, feeling feeling a bit better, but still kind of like reluctant to get back and play um, rock band. It's interesting. When I play the drums not associated with rock band, I do not hurt myself. When I try to play rock band and I'm trying to keep up with something when I'm not warmed up enough, I do damage to myself. So oh. anyway, um, I need to need to chill out on that. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, played some Half-Life Alex because um, you were talking about playing it. Um, which yep. so spoilers for you, but I'm not going to go into your part of it. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, crap, I want to play this some more. And I downloaded from the steam workshop, this set of levels, which man, I'm going to, if I can remember or Hey mash, when you're editing this, listen to this right now, go put the name in the link to the half-life Alex mod from the workshop that you were playing. <laughs> um, so that people can actually go check that out. Uh, but it was really cool. I got through really only the first like one and a half levels of the seven levels that were created for this particular campaign, but it's really good. good. Um, so there was that played some Mario Kart eight deluxe because of the, you know, the news that we talked about last time, there being new mm -hmm. tracks. I'm like, okay, I need to get ready. I need to race online. I got to say either I've gotten worse or the people racing online have gotten better. Maybe a little bit of both. Because, um, oh, yeah. yeah, there's some really good people out there. Um, I got I was getting my butt kicked. Also, Luigi's Mansion, I only played that one day in this past two weeks because um, I finished the game. And, man, that game oh. is good. It's so oh, okay. much fun. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. Hey, Luigi's Mansion 2, Dark Moon, is on 3DS. So uh, that, that'd be worth checking out. Um, but and now, the original. I think they redid oh, the original. You're right. On, you're right. Yeah. They did bring the original to the 3DS. So anyway, that is a super fun game that I would definitely recommend. Um, I wonder how they translated the controls, though. Because you use two sticks. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's fine on the 3DS. Yeah. Oh, that well, there are two sticks available on the 3DS also. Well, <laughs> so with the a... new one, not yeah. not me and my my original 3DS XL. I don't have those oh. fancy two sticks on it. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I beat that. That is such a fun game, such a good game. Um, and then I guess the last thing I'll talk about for now is also still been playing some Dying Light 2, but I don't think I've played it since last week. Um I'm probably 30-something hours into the game now. Now, not necessarily 30-something hours into the story, but I've played the game for that many hours and just, like, explored and tried to find new weapons and done side quests and all of that. You know, it's Skyrim with zombies, basically, and parkour. So it's fun. I really like it. <laughs> okay, um... So yeah, as you kind of alluded to, I played some VR also, and this is a red letter podcast um, <laughs> because I finished Half-Life Alex um, and I won't be spoiling 
anything, but like if if you can and have the means, I, I like I can't recommend it enough. It was a very cool experience. The very, the last sort of segments of the game were very cool. Oh yeah, and sort of unique to the rest of the game. I think if if you're a fan of Half Life, I mean, again, not spoiling anything, but it definitely seems like what they did with the story is like there is more Half Life coming. <laughs> so I um, really hope so. We, we were talking about it a little bit. I know I hate to be like, you know, t- overly optimistic with just how things with Half-Life 3 like didn't turn out, <laughs> but it, it, it definitely seemed like they sort of awoken the bear in a way um, that is saying like, yeah, more is coming. It's happening now. So um, yeah. I, I think that's, uh, you know, so if you're a fan of Half-Life or, uh, half-life 2 and just want more of it I'm, it's it's a different game but it just it feels like a half-life game that's what's yes. really cool about it um i'm so glad you i'm so glad that you finished it yeah me too i i don't you know um i think i was just having some motion sickness issues and and just my v- house did not tolerate a vr setup was sort of the problem yeah um but while i had the vr out um i so my partner has been playing a lot of tetris effect on basically every day uh, um that she can and i wanted her to experience vr uh so i tried it out and it's a lot the same but some of those screen transitions from one board to the other are an absolute trip like i if you've ever into like one of those IMAX dome theaters. That's kind of yeah. like what it feels like when things are like moving past you. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and it's just so easy to just get like lost in Tetris. Like, yes. I mean, you know, just, just playing, playing this game on the TV, like it still really sucks you in. And if you're playing yes. with a good sound system or with headphones, that's all the better. And like, yep adding VR to the mix, like you can just be hyper-focused in on Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah, it, I think it's really cool. I'm really glad it's there. I don't know how often I'll play Tetris Effect Connected in VR, but I yeah. was just like, I have to try this. They put in the work to make it work. And if you're curious, like, okay, um, let's say I have Tetris effect on game pass. How do I get it into steam VR? (laughs) Um, kind of the thing is like when you launch it, it asks, do you want to launch it in VR mode? And I say, yes. And basically steam VR just opens and there we are, (laughs) which is kind of like magic because usually you can only open steam games in steam VR. So I don't know how that works, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, a couple other things in VR that I'll just rattle off is I played job simulator as well. Played, you know, probably 30 minutes of that. It's, it's interesting. It's just kind of comical. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it feels like a fun VR tech demo. It's like you're going to a museum where these robots have put on literally they're like, it's like you're way in the future and they're like, this is what jobs used to be like. And then they put you in an office and it's kind of like a parody of an office. Like yeah, you have a computer and it has two keys, I and O. And I just, I had so much fun. Like there's one section where you have to type out a message and 
I pick a template and then I just tap I O I O, but words are coming out on the yeah. screen. <laughs> so it, I just like had a lot of fun with that. I'm like, Oh, look how fast I could type with two keys. <laughs> so, um, I thought that was really fun. Uh, I played a little bit of, I expect you to die also, which is like a James Bond escape simulator. If you're not familiar. No, I, I've not tried it out. So I was talking a little bit with my boss, who's a big fan of this game. And actually what's cool about it is that it, um, there are multiple solutions to this puzzle. So oh, cool. there's one instance where you have to defuse a bomb and there's multiple ways you have to cut the wires. I learned of three different ways to cut the wires where there was only one obvious one for me. <laughs> like there was a cutting device in the vehicle, not to spoil things, but I was like, but people found other ways to disarm that bomb. I was like, that's incredible of how they're able to do that. The one sort of gripe I have with it is they have a very James Bond theme, like song and beginning to it where you're just sort of like kind of falling and going through different scenarios a little, it didn't cause me motion sickness, but I had that moment where I'm like, Oh God, like, cause I'm falling slowly, like that sort of stuff. And anytime it, from my perspective, if you are moved unexpectedly in a way that you're not expecting, it's a little difficult, but, um, to not get motion sickness, yeah. but this is a seated VR game. This is one where they intend you to sit in a chair okay. while you're playing. So that's, it, this seems like it's really rare because when I was playing, uh, what was another, uh, like half-life Alex, there doesn't seem to be a good way to sit and play that game. You have to stand in some sort of way, shape or form. Cause there yeah. are instances where you have to duck to get under certain things. Yeah. It might technically work, but yeah. Yeah, it's it it's not super well supported. Yeah. So um expect you to die. Good seated VR game, which I, I like the idea of that also. Nice. So um but yeah, that's all I got for right now. All right. Um some more things I played was uh Hunt Showdown. And I played that on PC. Um some friends of mine, though that game's been out I think for four years now, have just started playing it. Um, some of them again, some of them for the first time. And I got this game actually from a friend of mine. He gifted it to me, uh, for my birthday. So I played some hunt showdown and it was pretty fun. Um, it's deep. Like there's a lot of crap that's going on in the game. Um, I, when I was having the game described to me as I was like going to play through it first, cause I was like, Hey, Turns out I can just skip the tutorial. I'll skip the tutorial and I'll come play with you guys. Um, they they were telling me that like, you know, you whatever hunter you are, like the character that you are, if you die, that character is just gone. And you need a new character. So the same thing with all your weapons, same thing with all your consumables. So I, so I was basically like, oh, so each game that you go into, it's kind of like a round of Counter-Strike. Where instead of encounters, you know, with Counter Strike, you don't obviously don't buy the character that you are, but you buy your weapons, you buy your grenades, you buy whatever, um, and that's kind of what you do with this. And we were doing three v, you know, sorry, not three v threes, but three person groups, and you can hunt the other people in the game, which there's a total of twelve people on the map, um, 
or you know you can do the objective which is i guess killing a monster and taking the stuff i don't know we didn't really do that part <laughs> okay i've 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 only played this game for a couple of hours we didn't we didn't really do that part we did the we we're going to go look for stuff oh someone already killed the monster let's go kill them and take their stuff um we did that and extracted a couple of times. There were a few times we died on the way to do it, but there were a couple of times that we successfully stole crap from people. I guess it's also kind of like Sea of Thieves um, yeah. in that respect. So anyway, it was a fun game. And um, then, quickly, I'll run through the rest of these. So DuckTales on the NES. I played that on stream, and I beat that on Monday. Wait, no, Tuesday. Okay. I have never beaten this game on the NES. I've beaten DuckTales Remastered, but I've never beat DuckTales. And I've had this game since I got it for my birthday when I was a kid. Like, my mom gave it to me one morning before before going to school. Like, I remember just her, like, <laughs> waking me up and giving me my birthday present. And it was this. So, finally, I beat it um, on stream. That game is kind of hard. I feel like it's it, it's probably not, but I actually feel like it's more difficult than Mega Man 2. Because I recently was playing Mega Man 2 this week as well. Um, okay. And I was having an easier time for some reason with Mega Man 2. Okay, then I eat my words. Because <laughs> um, I was in stream saying, no, Mega Man's got a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't I, I feel like I've I've played Mega Man 2 much more recently than I played DuckTales in the NES. Uh, but anyway, DuckTales is fun. It's got a great soundtrack. I even have my VOD on Twitch muted. Because Capcom is copy like, like there's Capcom copyrights for the music that's coming up on DuckTales. <laughs> so wow. anyway, the VOD's the VOD's mostly muted. Um, but I was fun playing through. Also played all the way through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for the NES. Um super, super fun beat 'em up game. Played through and beat Hook for the SNES, also on stream. That was the one that I played on Monday. Um mm-hmm. I had never beaten that game. I've also had that game since I got it for my birthday or Christmas, whenever it first came out. And I finally did it. <laughs> that's uh-huh. that's what streaming's been great for. <laughs> um, and then after I played through Hook and completed that, which, oh, wait. Actually, in Hook, I, I have one gripe. You as Peter Pan, your hitbox is larger than you. <laughs> that's not cool. That's the most frustrating part of the game is yeah. like you have an aura or something around you that if your aura is hit, then you are hit and you take damage and you stagger or whatever. So anyway, that's that was that's a not so fun thing about Hook. Um, played a bit of Earthworm Jim 2 on stream after I beat Hook. Very fun, but also very difficult. The bouncing the puppies with the marshmallows. Oh, um, yeah. Super, super difficult on Earthworm Jim 2. Um, overall, very fun, very weird game. And then today, I played through and beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist for the Sega Genesis on stream. I love that game. It's great. I still like Turtles in Time more, but this is close. This is really close. <laughs> um, and then also, uh, towards the end of the stream today, played some Outrunners on the Sega Genesis. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the Outrun games, but it's it's split screen the entire time. So kind of think Super Mario Kart 
and you're directly competing against one computer racer. Um, I guess also it would be a player two as well if there was actually a second player. But you get different cars to choose from, like a much bigger selection of cars uh, than what you get in, in the original Outrun, which is one car. But that was fun. And then I, I like that sequel title, Outrunners. Yes. Go plural. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's there's also like there's Outrun 2019. Um hmm which is an old game, <laughs> you yeah. know, 2019, the distant future. Um, I think there's an outrun too on the, on the Xbox anyway. And then played a little bit of sunset riders. Now I was, was thinking about this game with rose tinted glasses. I think I was like, man, sunset riders is so much fun. And then I popped it in and played it. And then like getting into like the second or third level of the game, I was like, wait a second, this is native American genocide. The game <laughs> like, I, I don't, um, Hmm. Maybe I don't like this game as much. I mean, don't get me wrong. The gameplay is generally fun though. It is kind of difficult, mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know, Maybe maybe I'm not gonna be behind the message of this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's a Konami game, therefore it's fun. Um, and lastly, I don't have a whole lot to say, but I did also play some Bloodborne uh, on the PS4 on stream. But sadly, that was the day that uh, my like tendonitis and stuff with my arm and my wrist and my shoulder and my back all started acting up on my left arm. Um, so I didn't get to play a ton of it, but I did really, mm. I feel like I did really well in my first encounter with that new, that new boss that I found. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to going back and hopefully, uh, smiting whatever that boss's name is still in the first level, but, um, <laughs> still it's okay. It's, it's, it's prog It's hard. When I played Sekiro, I would only get maybe progress every other stream. So yeah, <laughs> that's, um, so a couple last things, just wrapping up my list here. I went back and played some Half-Life 2 update, which is the community commentary mod, or um, it doesn't have to be the community commentary, but that's part of it. Yeah. And I'm inspired because I do want to finish it because I would love to like kind of replay episode one and kind of finish the Half-Life story again there. But um, I was inspired by one thing that was in the community commentary, which I think we mentioned in our Half-Life 2 episode is that <clears throat> there's some sort of like wave defense areas in Nova Prospect. Yeah. I think there are three total. Well, the community commentary suggested that most players actually don't know that they can carry these turrets forward in the level. There's nothing stopping you. So what I did is um, the first one, you get two turrets. So I carried those forward to the next one. And the next area, I believe you get... Um, Let's see if I can remember the count. I think, I think you, you get, three. get three turrets yeah. at that point. So I had had I had five up at that point. So the last area to get to the teleport room, which is the end of Nova Prospect, um, and I believe that's a I I think it's Entanglement is the chapter. I can't remember exactly, but basically I had to go through like a, a couple rooms and areas where with carrying these five turrets and it's kind of hilarious um, because there's also that one room where I had two turrets where, you know, like the water is electrified and 
you have to, um, there's like a staircase and you have to get across to the other side. Well, basically I launched the turrets over to the other side so they could wait for me. And then I did the puzzle to get through. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, at, towards the end here, I had to carry like all, down a long hallway and a series of stairs to like carry these turrets up. And I was making trips and Alex is like oh waiting for God. me, like, come on, Gordon. And I'm like running back and forth, like carrying these five like, turrets. Alex, one by this one. is going to be sweet. I promise. But it's awesome because when like zombies attack you and stuff and and if you're setting up the turrets, like the turrets just take care of it. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's this whole section where the combine try to jump you and the lights go out and there's some torches come out. And I just had like an army of turrets just, bruh, just shot them to death. So it was great. I had eight by the last sort of wave defense oh, area. Man. And basically I didn't have to shoot a su- single soldier. Basically, they just took just them like all sat out. And watched and like a job. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Tended to the turrets in case one got knocked over. I just like prop it up. Of course, there's two more aimed in that <laughs> same direction. So there's no problem. I'll just, I'll just fix this one really quick. And <laughs> so it was a fun way to play the game and I'm just love them discovering new ways to play this. So, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, so just wrapping up some tabletop stuff. I talked about eclipse. We're actually, at work, we've been playing this game about once a week during our lunch break. And we're <laughs> I feel like we've been playing for probably like four weeks now. So we're kind of like finally coming up to the last couple turns, um, which the game ends after 10 turns. Um, but that game has really, I just want to mention, I've talked about it before. You should look it up if you're interested, but it's um, it kind of snowballs at first. You, you don't really afford too many things, but now there's like my... Um, one of my coworkers that was playing actually you get enough technology to where you become insanely powerful and wealthy. And for example, there is this death star figure that's in the middle of the board, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One dice roll and he managed to one shot that thing. Like that's <laughs> how insanely powerful, like something that's just a daunting task staring at you this whole time. It's just like, you just wipe it. It's gone. So um, Yeah that game's wrapping up, but I played a new one called formula D, which I wanted to explain to you. Cause I think you might actually like this okay. and anybody's listening, but it's a game about race cars and you know, you have a, um, a Monaco like model track and you have these little race cars on one side of the board. There's another side of the board I'll talk about later, but you sort of, it's a race and everyone qualifies. They do a little roll on on like who goes first and then you you put in the different positions and there are little squares on the track and basically your roll indicates how far you can go so when you're in first gear you can roll um like a anywhere from two to four or something like that after that turn you can elect to change gears go up to three and then you can roll anywhere from like a three to a nine And then in fourth gear, you can roll a 16 to a 20 and there's like a 20 sided dice for these sort of things that are, that are happening. But the thing is when you get to a turn, you have to land somewhere on the turn at least once, sometimes more than once to sort of indicate breaking. Um, If you completely just blow past the turn, you will take damage (laughs) on your car. (laughs) So, um, and it's actually possible on certain turns, if you um, bypass them enough, you will be disqualified. (laughs) So you have to like every turn decide whether you're going to downshift to a lower gear so that you can make the turn. There's chances of collision. Really kind of fun. It's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and just like a really simple concept, I might buy the game because it's approachable enough to where it, you can kind of easily explain to anybody. Um, but yeah, there's this concept of like sort of changing lanes and going more the inside of the turn, the outside. Well, on the flip side, there's the street racers version, and this is where things get complex. There are actually custom characters with different attributes. There's, um, obstacles on the field. You might get shot at at some of them and take specific damage because of that. So it turns into like RPG, like <laughs> level at that point. But um, yeah, so there's a varying level of complexities. I think there's a lot of bang for your buck there. So if you want something simple, you play on this side. But if you've got experienced players, time to flip the board. We're doing the street racers portion. That's so cool. yeah, I thought I thought that was really fun. So maybe I'll pick that up and maybe we can play it someday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it because it was short too. I think we were able to get through it in like 40 minutes. So um, uh and that's that's all I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we we both been busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with life and with gaming. So yes, absolutely. Well, we got anything else? I don't think so. Is it time to reveal what the next game yes. will be? Yes, the big reveal. Drum roll. If you could even hear any of that noise of me smacking my desk. Anyway, um, so yeah, the next game that I have picked for us to play is the first game in a series of games where we have we've already covered the sequel. Uh, this is Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. We're we are going to bask in the glory of the FX chip. On the uh, <laughs> on the Super Nintendo, um, yeah, I I kind of wanted to go back to the original Star Fox, where it all began. Um, yeah, and if you're interested in playing along, um, this is part of Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, also, so you can play it there. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you can check it out there. It's also on uh, the Super Nintendo Mini console. <laughs> Um, so yeah, many, many ways to play this game. You know, if you've got a Wii with a virtual console, yeah. though, the store was that one is on virtual console. ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> same thing with the Wii U virtual console. I'm pretty sure it's there. Hey, get it, get it while you can. Um, yes, correct. But also I don't think the cart is incredibly expensive if you do have a super Nintendo, but yeah, Star Fox. I'll, uh, so I'll be playing that on stream sometime soon as well. And, uh, speaking of streaming, um, I'm still, for the time being, doing that 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific time. You know, you can also uh, catch Andy's streams Monday and Wednesday evenings. Or not. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're working on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know what you should do, listener? You should follow Andy on Twitch. And me, if you want. Who knows? Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you won't. <laughs> yeah but uh you know you get those you get those notifications um i guess unless you turn those off because that's the thing people can do also <laughs> um but you can also join our discord which i'm jumping in ahead of myself but anyway um anything else you want to say before we get the heck out of here well let's get the heck out of here all right well we know there are a lot of podcast options out there and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears it really does mean a lot you can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and many other podcasting applications. 
You can join us on Discord, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you know, all those all those places. And you can support us for the yeah, you can support us at the two or five dollar tiers on Patreon. May your video games be fun and bye for now. See you.